Think Red Ink Ministries presents The Words of Jesus series with Don C. Harris Hello friend, welcome once again to the Words of Jesus series. I hope you're enjoying this series. I love doing this. Um, this is um, actually, you know, going through and reading the red words of Christ actually happened to me uh, because I got fascinated with the questions of Jesus. I went through the scriptures and, and found every question that he ever asked and decided to write them down and contemplate them and, and consider them in meditation and in prayer. And, um, and from that, by the way, that was a, about a four-year endeavor of my personal devotions. From that came the book, The Questions of Jesus, uh, if you'd like to have a copy of that, uh, you can find that on Amazon or Books A Million or Barnes & Noble, all the internet bookstores. Just uh, ask, uh, just type in Questions of Jesus, Don C. Harris. Um, there are two books um, up there. One is a hardback edition uh, and one is a paperback edition. So uh, you might want to get one that you want to that you don't care if you spill coffee on, and uh, and get uh, the other one was is just such a handsome book. It's our 15 year anniversary edition of that book, and uh, so we put it in hardback, and it differs from the paperback. Uh, one great way that the that the hardback edition uh, differs is that it's red letter. And anytime um, we hear the Lord saying something or something's being quoted from the Scripture that, that the Lord Jesus had said, uh, we put that in red ink in that book. So it's, uh, it's impressive in a lot of ways, but um, I just uh, am so proud of that book. And we get such wonderful reviews or pe- you know, people say that you know, they, just, they just can't live without it. Um, uh, just received a phone call from somebody who said, I've worn mine out. The spine's busted on it. <laughs> Are these guaranteed? <laughs> and, of course, we had a laugh over that, and we've sent him another one since then. But um, if, if you'd like to have a nice daily devotional, uh, the questions of Jesus, although it does contain 151 questions that Jesus asked while he was here on the earth, um, it's, uh, and, and is over 500 pages long, uh, it deals with each question individually. So each one of the questions is 10 or 12 minutes reading. It makes a great devotion. And um, if, you, uh, if you get that book, uh, let me know you got it. And uh, I can get you a, um, an MP3, 26 hours of, of that book uh, as an audio book that you can put into your car and listen to on your way to work or whatever. Anyway, I'd love to make that available to you. As a matter of fact, uh, I make available to everyone everything that we have at uh, Think Red Ink Ministries. Um, if, uh, if anything you see, we've got an online catalog that you can look through and see if something appeals to you. Uh, we deal with all different kinds of subjects, most of which... Uh, are of the of spiritual nature, and I mean, um, uh, n- not uh, legalistic or educative types of uh, you know classes about. We do do classes, but um, uh, 
mostly what uh, I have found is that what really changes people is the infusion into their life of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're trying to accomplish. And uh, I don't care what your denomination is or your faith or, or what your family believed or anything else. You are a candidate for having the Spirit of God uh, come and be a part of your life and lead you and guide you into all truth. Uh, there is nothing, uh, you'll hear me say it a hundred times if you listen to TRI radio or Think Reading TV, you'll hear me say it over and over again. There is nothing, 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 nothing more important to anyone on the face of this planet, nothing more important than guidance. You know, when you are, when you have confidence that the Lord is guiding you and helping you along, do you know there just isn't anything that can happen that can shake you. But boy, if you doubt that in the least little bit, if you doubt that he does leading you and guide you, and in fact he's not leading you and guiding you because you've not made whatever provisions that he has said is prerequisites to that guidance, man, I don't know how you live from day to day. I really don't know how you make it. I guess insurance policies, uh, listening to positive thinking, uh, motivational people, I don't know how you do it. Uh, I can't. Uh, I guess perhaps I've not wanted to, and I haven't for so long that I'm just not even willing to. Uh, but uh, I wouldn't take anything in the world for whatever few minutes I have in the day to just say, Lord, is there anything for me? Do you have anything for me? And just be quiet before him and let him speak. Um, I tried to say in last show, I, I wanted to give you an encounter that I had where he re-revealed. Is that a word? <laughs> he uh, revealed to me uh, the Ten Commandments as prophecies and not necessarily as rules. And if you missed that show, you should uh, get it in uh, in podcast or rerun or however you can get it because it's important that we know this. But um, uh, many times, it, even if he takes that kind of time with us and uh, and teaches us and, and his, his intention is to guide us, um, we have uh, we have something inside us that makes us uh, doubt those things. Um, and uh, I think that the quicker these revelations come to us, the more doubt people have about them. Which, really, friend, you should. Because there's just a whole lot of times that you go before the Lord for Him to speak to you, and you don't perceive it. You don't know it. I've had people write to me and say, you know, I tried that uh, being quiet before the Lord thing, and he never said nothing. <laughs> I don't believe that. You know, first thing I'm asking him is, are you keeping his commandments? Well, I try. Well, when you do keep them, he said, <laughs> he said that he would come into you and uh, manifest himself to you. Well, I didn't hear nothing. I said, well, you know, a lot of times I don't either. But as demand is placed on my life, to make the right decision, to do the right thing, to go the right direction, to speak to the right person in the right way, at the right time, to, and, you know, to just to 
be effective in life when demand is placed upon that. What I find is that uh, it's there, to my surprise, probably planted in my spirit back in the time that I was seeking the Lord and got up there thinking he didn't say nothing to me. But um, we just we just need to we need to yield ourselves more and not be so bloody demanding when it comes to the way we feel about our God. Uh, we were reading uh, in the book Jesus and His Message Rejected at Nazareth, and we didn't get very far because he was he started out talking about John. Uh, he said that John had been uh, cast into prison. And Jesus uh, returned to Galilee, and he began to preach the gospel of God in the synagogue, saying, the time is fulfilled. Now, when it talks about the time being fulfilled, um, this, is, this is a remark of the proportion of... Uh, that we are standing at a marker in time uh, is pretty much what Jesus was saying here. Uh, we're standing at this particular point. We are at a certain marker of time that is important. Now, John the Baptist's life has closed. His ministry's closed. The prophecies have closed. And... Let's just look back at everything he's had to say and let's put it into one concise sentence. And he does that by saying, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. We talked about the definitions of the gospel. Good shows just prior to this. Uh, uh, I don't know. I hope it's not better than this one. <laughs> but uh, if you want to, uh, I would suggest you you find those uh, previous shows because we talked about a lot of uh, very, very important things. Um, let's uh, move on through this story here. His fame was spread throughout all regions about. Jesus came to Nazareth where he, where he had been reared and went to the synagogue on the Sabbath as was his custom. He stood up and read from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Now, uh, let me say just adding in here real quickly because it's well known uh, people who know me in this ministry know that uh, that the sabbath is very very important to me and uh, and I and I preach it as a very important um, aspect of our relationship to God I don't think that it's changeable I don't think that it's uh, maneuverable I don't think that we can uh, make it more palatable by changing whatever day it is or whatever we define as work or define as this way. You know, we do this all the time with God's commandments. Um, can you put a parenthesis inside a parenthesis? If, if you can, then I want to do that right here. Do you know, don't ever find yourself asking why. Don't, don't ever find yourself applying because to a commandment of God. Because if you do, you're going to find yourself trying to fulfill it in some other way. I gave an example one time of uh, somebody says, God told us not to eat uh, 
uh, pork because of trichinosis. Now, okay, that might, you know, okay, fine. You know, I see what you're saying. And God doesn't want us to be poisoned or didn't want us to die of, of some kind of food poisoning. Yeah, I get that. But uh, he does, doesn't seem to have any trouble with us eating the nastiest animal alive, which is a chicken. Uh, but um, the, um, the problem with adding because to the commandment of God is that someone would say, well, if God doesn't want us to eat pigs because of trichinosis, well, here's the good news. We've defeated that with pharmaceuticals. It's not a problem. Um, and so people say, God wanted us to keep the Sabbath because he wanted us to rest one day in seven. So what's it can, so it can be Monday? How about Thursday? Just make it whatever day you want. Can you do that? How do we get how do we how do we get to the point where we're trying to make this decision? By using the word because when it comes to a commandment. God doesn't want us to commit adultery because of socially transmitted, sexually transmitted diseases. Well, we've got pharmaceuticals. <laughs> we've got, we got uh, penicillin. So I guess we don't have to obey that commandment anymore. Uh, God doesn't want us to murder because it causes widows and orphans, but now they have multi-million dollar insurance policies, so it's actually better for them. I don't know. How do we get to where we start changing what God has clearly outlined he wants us to do? Because we want to do whatever that is, and we're going to try to justify it. One of the best ways to justify your behavior is to add the word because to a commandment of God. Close, close those parentheses, get back to the other one. What in the world was it? Well, um, the, uh, when we go to talking about Sabbath day, people know that I, that I keep the Sabbath and that I believe that it is important and I think, I think that it's not a Christian or a Jewish thing. It's, uh, it's just, it's, it's an eternal thing. It's, that, it's part of the commandments that Jesus said would never pass away. That being said, I have a lot of people that will, uh, uh, in agreeance of what I'm saying, they will carry it to the nth degree. I, I'm so disappointed with the Seventh-day Adventist for not seeing as clearly as it is written in Scripture that um, uh, when, they took, when they took on the initiative of, of worshiping on Sabbath, they just took everything that was done on Sunday, and now they do it on Saturday. And I'm thinking... Is that, is that the commandment? Is that what they want us to do? Is this what the scriptures want us to do? Is that what God wants us to do? Is this why he wrote, keep the Sabbath day? The objection people would have toward the Sabbath day would be, well, I think we should worship God every day. Well, I do too. <laughs> but uh, this has nothing to do with worship. He says you'll rest on the Sabbath day. It doesn't say worship. People ask me all the time, uh, you know, if you had a little church out here, out there at Pie Town, would you keep it on Sabbath or on Sunday? I said, it'd be on Sunday. That's when we'd have our, 
That's when we'd have our services. You're not messing up my Sabbath with a bunch of church business. <laughs> and because we try to keep the commandment. The commandment is work six days, rest the seventh. It says nothing about going to church or any of the rest of that busyness that just clogs up the entire day. Everybody knows this. But um, they say, well, Jesus, as we read here, Jesus went to the temple every Sabbath. Look, that is not going to church. (laughs) He didn't go to church on Sabbath. He went downtown to the synagogue, which is not a church, by the way. A synagogue, uh, I mean a church as a church building, Um, a synagogue is nothing more than town hall. It never has been anything else. Now it has a, uh, has a religious connotation. Now the, the Jewish faith call certain buildings synagogues and such as that, but it's actually a Greek word that means it's a town hall. It's a place where, where well, uh, literally, I think in Greek, it means where people all get together. <laughs> so um, when it says that Jesus went to the synagogue, on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. Why was it the custom? Well, you spoiled, rotten American that has six Bibles in your house. That wasn't always the case. It was only the rich, the very rich among us that was able to have a Bible. They were able to have the scriptures. So what did they do? Well, on Sabbath day, the men would go down to the synagogue and they would read scripture. Because other than that, there's no other way for the people to receive these scriptures. That's what they did. But they didn't go down there and sing just a little talk with Jesus. (laughs) No, no, no. So um, even, even the Sabbath, people who don't keep it and people who do just don't seem to get their cues out of the scriptures. What do you want me to do here? But uh, I think a lot of times we just say what we've heard everybody else say. Pro, con, for, against. You know, I'm with you, I'm against you. It doesn't really even matter. We just pretty much say what we hear other people say. Hey, do me and yourself a big favor and think for yourself. All right. So uh, he goes in there, as was his custom, and he stood up to read from the book of the prophet Isaiah. I understand this was a a custom among the Jews. That I, I think, yeah. Did you have to be? No, I don't think. I don't think there was an age requirement. But you, but you could be asked to read from the scrolls, um, and uh, which would uh, just uh, take in anybody. Um, but this particular day, it was Jesus' turn, and I don't know if they read these scriptures in order, or they, they read them from what's uh, understood to be like a parshot. I don't know what it was, but whether it was parshot, which was the, uh, uh, they would lay down in order what scriptures would be read on what day, or it was just reading in a linear fashion the book of Isaiah or the entire um, scriptorium of scrolls. I don't know. But it just so happened, and uh, 
I, I think it's interesting that it just so happened that Jesus and Isaiah's prophecy about his ministry coincided on that day. And he stood up to read. He looked down and he saw this, this prophecy and he thought, oh my, <laughs> oh my, I've got to say this in front of these people? <laughs> this, is, this is amazing. And I'm sure as he sat there and thought about it, he, uh, he thought, there's no way that I'm going to be able to preach this or, or, or read this without preaching it. How am I going to say this and be coy about it? I don't know how I'm going to do this. This is going to be big. I'm sure this stuff is going through his mind as he's looking at this scripture. And he's... <coughs> <coughs> getting ready to to read this because he's about to read a prophecy, you know, uh, hundreds of years prior written about him, about his ministry, that he's about to walk out of that building and start. And he's, he's looking at this scripture and he's thinking of the chances of him and this scripture coinciding here at the at the lectern in the synagogue on the Sabbath day in front of all the religious leadership, and I can just see him kind of kind of a sarcastic smirk and saying to himself, "Thanks, Dad. <laughs> this is gonna, this is going to be great fun." <laughs> um, here's what was written by the prophet Isaiah: "The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He hath." anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. It goes on to say, all eyes were fastened upon him as he began to preach, saying, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. He wanted them to know this is not just a big day for me, guys. <laughs> this is a big day for you. Don't know how it happened, <laughs> but it happened. Here, I'm reading my own prophecy to you. Why were all eyes fastened on him? These people had sat there and listened to Scripture being read over that lectern for years, their entire life. You know they've heard that Scripture over and over and over again. I think his glory was leaking that day. I think that there was something leaking out of him. I think that this was not just a reading on this day. I think that they got upset. And I think their eyes were fastened on him for a reason. And I think that reason is that it was evoking from him the power of God on his life to accomplish everything he read right there. And as he filled with that glory, I think I think it was leaking. I think it was visible. I think something was different about what was going on. 
And as they sat there, unable to catch their own breath, he looked out at them and said, you're not mistaking this feeling. You're not mistaking your understanding of what you see and hear. This scripture is fulfilled in your ears. You are hearing this scripture being read by the very person it was written about. This was, I, I know I'm adding words here, but I'm, I'm at, there, are, there are things that are being said here that, that aren't being said with words. And you have to understand the tension in that room must have been incredible because it was just obvious that the words that were written, the words that were being read were about that person who's saying them now. There was a time when they were trying to accuse Jesus and they sent people out to um, try to catch him in his speech, to try to accuse him of wrongdoing. They said, just go and watch him and listen to what he says. And, and they did, and they came back to report. They're kind of, their heads are kind of down, and they're kind of looking around and looking at each other like, are you going to tell them, or am I going to tell them, or who's going to tell these people what needs to be said? Well, what, do you, what, what happened? What's going on? They said, never a man spake like this man. You know, we've seen a lot of insurrectionists. We've seen a lot of Zionists. We've seen a lot of nutty religious people. This isn't one of them. This isn't one of them. This man speaking from some place inside him of knowing. He's, he's speaking of, of things that we know he can't know, but he does know. It's so impossible for him to know that we should doubt everything he says, yet we don't doubt it. It makes perfect sense. And they would say things about him like, how knoweth this man letters having never learned? How does this man know how to read these scriptures? He wasn't in my class. Another member of the Sanhedrin looks over at another rabbi and says, was he in your class? Wasn't in my class. How does he do this? I'll tell you how he does this, Brent. We're talking about the Son of God here. We're talking about somebody who came with so much power at his, at his disposal. He says, I'll give this to anybody who will receive me. And you can become a child of God. Is time gone already? My goodness. Join us next time to hear more from the words of Jesus. I want to hear from you. Would you write me an email? You can tell me I'm wonderful or tell me I'm a nut. It's okay. <laughs> Don at thinkredink.com. Or you can write to Think Red Ink Ministries at P.O. Box 718, Pytown, New Mexico, 87827. Take a look at our website, thinkredink.com. Let us know how we can help you. Bye-bye for now. You've been listening to Don C. Harris of Think Red Ink Ministries. Email don at thinkredink.com 
That's thinkredink.com. Join us again for the next episode in the Words of Jesus series.